Hello and welcome to More Than a Game, a podcast about the A Leagues, Premier League, and more. My name is Tommy C, and joining me on the week on the on the pod this week, we've got Colby, Jesse, and soon to be joining us once he's put the kids to bed is Damo as well. Colby, Jesse, how are you doing this week? Doing well, Tommy. Uh, happy to be here. Happy to be back. Um, welcome back to our listeners. Um, hope you've joined us. Um, because I don't remember when the last time we did a pod was, and, and we've been we've been saying on the podcast that it's going to be like every month, but it, it's really felt like it this time. So happy to be back. Well, there's been a lot that's happened in the last month, and I mean, we're not going to sort of uh, just revisit everything that's happened because I mean, some stuff has already been sort of talked to death um, in in a lot of different ways. But um, we'll be some some things that have happened have had some more recent sort of news that have come out of them. So we'll be talking about some of those tonight, though. Um, Jesse, how are you, mate? Got a fresh froth there, Volica things? Yeah, it's the first froth since the last froth, which was approximately <laughs> 21 hours ago. And um, just been recovering ever since. So uh, back on the horse and uh, no better way to get back on the horse than get on the pod after probably a four-month or five-month hiatus. Yeah, Jesse, been, um, um, how, how good's going to your mates, partners, sisters, friends, gig? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I can't actually even articulate and put into words how good it is. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we made we made the most of it. And um, yeah, no, it was good. Good night out. It it turned out to be a surprisingly good night. <laughs> nice. Um, alrighty, boys, let's um let's crack on straight into moment of the week, shall we? Yeah, uh, Colby, you wanna wanna kick us off, mate? Uh, yeah, just a just a short one, um, Tommy. Just the the headline that uh, Fozzie and Awamabil have made it uh, into the finalists for the Australian and Young Australian of the Year. So I just think that's um that's brilliant recognition for two, um you know two footballing personalities, um, one one current and one former footballer, and both um representing the game really well. Um, which you know um given the events of the past <laughs> month is just really heartening to see the game represented in a positive light by these people and the, and the work they're doing adjacent to it. Garen Kowal just seems to really put his best foot forward at, a, at every occasion, really, doesn't he? Just seems like a, a young man who's really got his head switched on and um, head screwed on correctly. Our mobile too. Oh, did, sorry, I totally misheard <laughs> you then. I just had one thing in my mind and yep, just went, oh. went down a different road <laughs> with it. You could be forgiven for having um, Garang on the mind um, because oh, he's, 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 you know, he's, he's left our shores now. He's a young man who followed his heart. In sunny Scotland. Mm. We couldn't Indeed. be um, happy for him. <laughs> but yes, like you say, yeah, very, very good news after a pretty sort of sad uh, last month or so. Um, Jesse, what about you, mate? Uh, for me, I mean, there's been a lot, uh, obviously, over the last month when, since uh, the pod was last on. But I think one just in, in recent uh, memory is the is uh, Alexi Macalista, uh, <laughs> you know, going into training as an Argentinian and um, showing all the uh, all his mates and his uh, and the kids that were just waiting outside the training ground his uh, World Cup medals. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, um, and it just shows that he's a good bloke as well. And you know, that's saying a lot because obviously my team got towed up by Brighton last night, but um, <laughs> you still have to uh, show respect where it's due and it's it's really cool to see that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of the Argentinian players I see have had a really good welcome coming back to their premier clubs and other clubs abroad. So, yeah, there's a how, few collective moments there. 
how's the trust to to let the the, the kids just sort of let it, have a hold of it, right? Like it'd be his prized possession, like irreplaceable, right? And he's let yeah, just like the, these bunch of kids just uh, just. Hold well, Salt Base had a Salt Base had a hold, Tommy. So I'm pretty sure it's uh, all bets are off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. touche. Um, all right, thanks, Jesse. Yeah, and we've got uh, now that he's put the put the kids to bed, we've got Damo as well. Welcome, Damo. Good to have you on the pod once again. Uh, you got a, an own goal. Oh, sorry, a moment of the week for us this week. Yeah, look, you're on the topic of um, kids with World Cup medals. Not mine, unfortunately. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> not yet. Um, okay. uh, but I'll I'll keep on on that topic. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw or you've probably seen Antoine Griezmann's mo- most recent bright pink haircut um he's had he's had a few funny ones but uh someone asked him about his his bright pink hair and he said that well i was going to choose either blue or pink and i've got three daughters at home and we took it to a vote and pink won so (laughs) he's got pink hair and until it grows out so i thought that was pretty funny oh that's fantastic that's uh yeah some nice family content there really for for all uh the listeners Uh, all right, for me this week, uh, look, I, I've had Qual, um, Garen Qual on the brain uh, earlier on in the pod, and I think it'd be remiss of me not to mention uh, the, the great story that is uh, Garen Qual going off uh, to the other side of the world. Um, he signed for, for Newcastle, obviously, in the past week um, or so in the new year. That, that transfer has been made official. Um, and then there was a bit of a rush as to who would actually sign him on loan for the remainder of this season. There was rumour that he was going to Reading, uh, then uh, some more rumours that he could have gone to Scotland uh, and joined one of the clubs up there, which uh, uh, joining, I guess, the um, the, the Australian um, uh, group that, that seems to be uh, building up there. Um, and as it turns out, he's, he's landed at Hearts, which I think is probably the best case scenario, really, other than, I don't know, maybe Celtic. But, I mean, we saw how that worked for Arzani. So maybe uh, Celtic wasn't the best uh, landing place for him. But um, made his debut this uh, this week, I think, within 24 hours. Uh, soccer Twitter had a meltdown because he only got had 20 minutes uh, on on, uh, on the pitch. Um, three but... touches. Yeah, and which one of them was almost setting up a goal? So, um, I mean, if he if he had been playing in a better league, like with uh, the likes of Jason Cummings uh, up top, then he probably would have probably would have had an assist. I love these but, stories, Tommy, of like players that are go that go to new clubs and stuff like that, and then they like play within like you know what is it an hour or a day or after getting off the plane, like he's, he wouldn't even know his teammates names it's like no. you know you're inviting your mate to futsal or whatever and um, you're a ringer you know he's he's shaking your hand before kickoff to, uh, saying oh what, what was your name again i can or almost you, guarantee that uh, i can almost guarantee that garen qual didn't understand the vast majority of his teammates from edinburgh no <laughs> have you said have you said guarantee there damo that's oh. very impressive well i thought i'd leave the puns to you mate <laughs> i'm just the fact guy mate i'm just <laughs> tapping it in tapping it in up to Damo strikes again, mate. <laughs> uh, all right, boys, what about your own goals? Uh, Damo, you want to go first? Um, I don't really have much of an own goal. Uh, is that your the own last goal? Week or so, which is probably my own goal, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go. I watched, I watched some football last night. There's probably many own goals I take from uh, Jesse and Colby. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But um, my, my own goal was sort of the, the narrative around the, 
Ten Hag versus Guardiola bald fraud matchup and everything that came of it and how quickly it all changed. Um, and the Manchester Derby was, was a great game, but the the offside that wasn't an offside that should have been an offside that is an offside but wasn't an offside is uh, <laughs> is sort of my is my own goal. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but in, in my opinion, uh, I'm not a referee of the game. I don't referee in the Premier League, but uh, for me, that's offside every single day of the week. Yeah, agreed. Damo, it's interesting you bring this up because we we've tried to sort of steer clear of. of- just sort of discussing refereeing decisions, individual refereeing decisions, because more often than not, we kind of either this, sorry, we all agree um, that it was either the right call or it was the wrong call. But with this one, this one seemed like one where we were like social media seemed very split about it. Um, and it all depended sort of which team you supported in, in some, uh, some cases, but um I don't know. Like at first, I remember watching it, thinking, "Oh, that's got to be offside," and and then yeah, it was given. And I think um, you like you were blowing up in the in the group chat, demo saying, "There's As no always. way that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no way that's a goal." Um, and the the more I watch it, the more I think that it shouldn't have been allowed. So yeah, look, not ideal, suboptimal, but. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, mean, I, love, I just love the—I yeah. I just love the call of, um, you know, look, I'm not a professional referee, but it's, um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, like I, I really don't mind it because, you know, like I'm not a chef, but I can tell you when I've had a good bowl of pasta and uh, that means <laughs> golf boys, uh, you know, make it out what you will. I think, I mean, <laughs> not, not only was it um, that a great analogy, Colby, but uh, <laughs> not, not not only was the the offside, I think, a, a terrible call in itself, but it completely changed the game. Um, and I'm sure we'll yeah. talk, we, we might talk about that game a little bit later, but um, it, it really changed the whole momentum of the game, which, which put everything in Manchester United's favour. So I guess um, the thing for it, me that I don't understand It turns out to be an enormous decision. Well, I don't understand why, um, why the referee couldn't go to the monitor in that situation. Like there was, seemed to be a big rush to make a decision when he walked over to the, uh, um, the touchline assistant. So it was like, well, why didn't you just why don't you just go and have a look at the monitor and take a second look? I mean, the, the referee actually never got a second chance to have a look at it. It was all put to VAR and VAR made the decision, which I thought was interesting because in many other areas of the pitch, VAR recommends the ref to have a second go and they make the final call. So that for me was one of the unresolved aspects to it, but I completely agree. I don't think it should have been a goal. So, well, Almost all of them get uh, reviewed now, don't they? All, all of the goals, I think. I mean, it's hard because I think we're still all a little bit stuck in World Cup mode where well, everything all gets reviewed, reviewed constantly. They're all reviewed by the VAR, who is the nominated referee sort of in the, I don't know what mm. you would call it, the, the, the arc or the, the sky box or whatever they call it in any other sport. Um, the bunker. The bunker. Yeah, but it, it, like Jesse said, particularly in the Premier League, it seems they avoid at all costs the on-field referee running over to have a look at the monitor um, it, it happens in the A-League. It happens in other leagues around the world. I think they use that more effectively, but the World Cup, we saw it. But the Premier League seemed to have this directive for, for referees to to leave the video review to the VAR and the on-field referee just have no involvement in sort of that review process. Yeah, I think like the the purpose of sort of running over to the to the the on uh, the sideline screen that just seems to add a whole bunch of extra time, um, and didn't necessarily add to the the uh, the integrity of the process either. 
it just seemed to um, be be like it took away more than it added. So I think if if it needs to be sort of reviewed, I think the um, the the person upstairs needs to just say, "Yep, no, nah, it's it's no good," or "Yep, it's good." And then let the referee actually sort of uh, do do the um, or do the decision or the the hand signal or whistle blow whatever you want to call it. Enough refereeing own goals for this week. Who's uh, <laughs> who's own goals next? <laughs> fair, fair. Jesse, you want to go up next, mate? I mean, I haven't been on since all the drama and the on-field rights and people getting, um, you know, <laughs> their faces put all over the Herald Sun. And there's a lot of stuff that's happened since my last pod. So um, I think some of the uh, behavior off the pitch and then ultimately on the pitch, which should have been off the pitch, um, it has been an ongoing on goal, uh, own goal for me just weeks after the World Cup highs. And, you know, I've been I've been living those sort of highs of accuracy through Socceroos fans because obviously the All Whites weren't near the World Cup, but I was enjoying the the, the Socceroos story and just seeing how quickly everyone got the uh, ear popped out of the balloon at, within a few days of um, the tournament finishing. Or in some ways, I don't even know the tournament had finished when the um, A-League uh, resumed. No. But, um yeah, it was just a real shame to see that happen. And I know that a lot of people um, probably listening and, and people will be wanting to um, still talk about that because we, midweek you guys were sharing information about supporter groups meeting with the uh, the board mm. and things like that. So it's just a bit of a shame that that happened. And I guess that I just wanted to acknowledge that because it, for me it was, uh, I mean, the Knicks is still very much part of the competition, but it, it definitely felt Australian specific in many ways. And um, it's just a real shame that it happened. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like amongst your sort of non-football supporting friends or, or fr- you know, friends and colleagues and who, who aren't like at least um, or who are just casual football fans and don't really know a lot about the game, I can't tell you how many times um, people have come up to me and they're like, so what's happening in the A-League? What's all this stuff about? And the people that I'd ordinarily sort of vigorously defend the A-League and football in Australia and Australian football in culture too. And I just had nothing but a big sigh and, you know, just having to explain it and like just basically to say, look, we're not normally like this, but <laughs> I can't excuse that. Here it is. And and it's like, you know, how, yeah. And we talked about all this at the time, but uh, not on the pod, but, you know, everyone had the conversation of like, well, yeah, how do you do it? How do you keep doing it? And yeah, I've had, I mean, even, even this morning, I was literally chatting with a mate about it this morning who asked me about it un, unprompted and was like, oh, hey, what about all of that, all of that stuff that was going on? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> about that. Yeah, you're right. Like it was really indefensible, sort of what what happened, and mm. yeah, like um, there's a the boycott that I work with. He he doesn't follow the A League, but he follows the Premier League. He's he's a British mm. fellow, um, and yeah, he just sort of even though he's like a football guy, even he was still like sort of throwing out some of the like the hooligan jibes and stuff like that. And you're thinking, mate, you're you're a palm, mm. like you're you're a you're a football guy like even even you're giving me even you're giving me shit about this like those guys were copying you (laughs) (laughs) exactly it was uh look it was a it was a strange dynamic and i guess um whilst a lot of people had i guess some really strong reactions to it if if they weren't involved i mean some people were really embarrassed some people obviously having to defend it some people sort of having to defend the indefensible but i think um that uh the the ongoing sort of um uh, result of that. So, for example, you've got um, active fan groups that are now kind of getting um, the the stick from security that 
they were kind of getting sort of somewhere between three and five years ago and drums getting confiscated and signs getting confiscated. So we're back to that. And I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's almost as if like the world cup never happened and, and that sort of intense feelings that we all had for football now has just been really blunted and dulled and um, like we, we all love the A-League, right? But there's, there's something missing from the A-League right now, as opposed to pre the world cup. Um, It's a, it's a strange feeling because like the, um, even, even this afternoon, like when the Wanderers played um, and the Wanderers are, are going pretty well on the pitch this year. I mean, granted it was a hot day, but, like it, it looked pretty grim, the actual numbers of, of fans that attended there. And you think, well, no one's going to successful teams now, let alone uh, teams that are struggling. So, And we were all at the Sydney Derby before the World Cup, right? And, yeah. and just saying, like, how good is it? And, like, look at the crowds that were there and what an mm. event it was and, you know, the, the feeling of optimism that we all had, like, being there for that. It was one of the best games of A-League that I reckon I've been to in recent memory. Um, and then, yeah, to contrast it with um, the Wanderers who are going well this season and they're playing Melbourne City, who are the, um, you know, the, the team to beat, really. So I think um, the the interesting thing to, to see in the A-League will be the next Sydney derby to see how how that actually rates and whether people want to turn up for it or not um and also how much freedom i guess active groups are, are actually given because i'm not expecting that they'll be given hell of a lot I, I anticipate it'll be a pretty flat affair and sort of all of the oxygen out of all that active that the active groups will be sort of taken away and it'll be pretty sort of dour affair but um we all know that the the melbourne derby is going to be a bit flat for a while <laughs> <laughs> just to say um all right, good on goal though, Jesse. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colby, what about you, mate? Well, yeah, I mean, just coming out of that, Tommy. Like, um, I don't know whether you guys saw. I think it was a couple of days ago. The all of the active groups apparently met with the APL and like had a big chinwag with them, and then they put out a statement a couple of days ago, basically just pretty much saying that. Uh, yeah, guys, we're going to back down now of all these protests to do with the um, the Destination New South Wales grand final decision. They're like, we're not going to protest anymore because the APL have promised us that they'll um, come and talk to us next time. So we're all cool, which is basically what I read. Uh, you know, the, that was, I mean, tell me if I'm reading that wrong, but um, reading between the lines, that's pretty much what the statement said to me. And um, it was. It was uh, pretty pissed Pretty off. much, yeah. And look, I don't think I saw any. I think there were two sort of responses to that um, that statement. One was that's weak as Pierce, and the other one mm. was that, um, well, like, what could they do from from this point after the after the Melbourne derby? There was no way that that was ever going to get overturned because mm. even if even if the APL we, wanted to overturn it, yeah, the APL would could, be giving in. To exactly, they people, would. Yeah. The, the look would yeah. be terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, even worse than what it already was. So. Um, it was. I just think, aside from that, Tommy, like aside from yeah, right. the results and 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 uh, the APL were pretty hamstrung, and and the supporters like they yeah they were never going to achieve anything. You're absolutely right, but I just think, aside from that own goal, it's also a pretty big own goal for supporter groups to be sort of seen to be getting in bed with the the, the organising body. I think support groups, fan supporter groups, should be solely accountable to the fans they shouldn't have and any each they, they other be, as well getting yeah, in bed and, with each other let alone yeah, together yeah. Uh, they should be fiercely the fiercely independent 
I mean, there's a few people get into bed with each other at this point, and I'm losing track. <laughs> it's like the batchy mate. <laughs> Will you take this rose, Colby? <laughs> Will you take this Lockie Rose MPL team? <laughs> rose is going everywhere. Lockie Rose, yeah, Liam Rose. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, and I guess the the other the other notable thing I guess that's come out about this was uh, Melbourne Victory obviously accepted the um, the punishment that was handed down from the from Football Australia. Um, they were given a, a suspended points deduction. They were given a financial fine, um, and uh, amongst other things, they were all. Um, there, there was nothing in there about sort of uh, what they needed to do with active support other than sort of forming a bit of a task force with with Police Victoria and a few other different organisations. But curiously, uh, Melbourne Victory acknowledged that they were going to disband their active support group. So uh, OSM, or Original Style Melbourne, they um, subsequently came out and said that, well, they're independent of, of the club and the club can't disband them, which was a... I mean, it was an interesting take because, I mean, I can kind of see both sides' perspective on this. Like Melbourne Victory. It's true, obviously. but read the room. Exactly right. Like yeah. OSM, like what are they going to do? Just like make this so untenable that Melbourne Victory just doesn't have active support going forward? Like is that what they would prefer? Like, like they I mean, don't want to sit down with the club and sort of fix this or say, okay, we have to find some sort of middle ground. It's just it blows my mind that this is the response to it. Um, but also mm. in other ways, doesn't blow my mind like it's completely expected that they would have this petulant attitude towards it all um, why is anyone surprised yeah yeah i mean i guess i i feel this this may be a surprise but i feel a little bit for all of those melbourne victory um fans that go with like their family or or um mm. have sort of been sitting in like on halfway yeah. or whatever in like all of those different membership areas and are now kind of like their experience is being Bluntened as well because of all of mm. this as well. Like, and, and a lot of those, always... a, a lot of those victory fans, Tommy. Like, yeah, they're not just rocking up and like sitting on halfway or whatever. Like, the, you know, the victory are one of the most um, well-supported clubs, as we know, in the league and have been since its inception. Um, and you know, these uh, there's there's no end of like posts I've seen on Twitter and social media of like people who've been members since day one, going to like yeah. just about every home game. That are just being punished by this, but there's, yeah, it's it's hard because there's there's, yeah, you know, someone needs to be punished for this, and how how do you do it? And it's it's yeah, if there was an easy answer to it all, I think we'd have found it. But I mean, I think we can all agree that a bloody original recipe Melbourne um have no no one to blame but themselves when they <laughs> went and got hot and spicy with it. That's right. Bring back bring back tender roast. <laughs> um. Alrighty, boys. Uh, very quickly, my own goal. I'm just going to rattle off just a couple of funny things that that I enjoyed, <laughs> uh, or that I just haven't liked. Uh, first of all, I, I guess the worst part about the the Melbourne derby and what happened uh, that night for me was that um, access uh, or all access A League has has pretty much been cancelled as ever since. We mm. haven't seen the return of that. Um, I think they were going to be doing a, a Matthew Leckie episode that night, and obviously it never got made, but. I don't know what's happened with it since. It seems like it's just sort of fallen over. I, I don't know what, what's happening. Um, a bit like Lecky himself, just kind of falls over. Oh, yeah, he got booked for diving tonight, yeah. Um, uh, I really loved uh, Joao Felix getting sent off in his debut for, for Chelsea. That was just 
uh, chef's kiss. Um, and then finally, another classic uh, sort of peak A-League moment was the lights turning off uh, or being <laughs> shut off at Macedonia Park in Perth last night. That was just another another highlight in a, a long highlight reel of just peak A-League moments. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into our A League anti power rankings. I think everyone's had a no goal, didn't they? Yep, yep, we've, yep, we've done that. Um, we'll, we'll kick on into our A League anti power rankings. So, for those that haven't caught this over this year, uh, this year with us only doing um, monthly podcasts, we have decided to um, to do a power rankings, and that's a way of rather than us doing a month's worth of matches to catch up on. Um, we'll look at sort of a combination of form and where people are sitting in the in the table, recent performances, and other things that might be going on around the club. And we, excuse me, we come up with a bit of a, a power rankings and and, um, and rank all of the teams. So, so this week um, there has been plenty of movement in in our A League anti power rankings. Um, at the top, I don't think there's any surprises there really that Melbourne City sit top. Uh, J Mac. 10 consecutive uh, or 10, 10 consecutive games. Asterix uh, on that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what, just because he didn't score in the first 20 minutes of an abandoned match? Come on. Just because um, I stopped captaining him in, in, in <laughs> fantasies, he's decided to stop scoring. <laughs> uh, yeah, so J-Mac's uh, con- consecutive 10 games uh, scoring, which, uh, which is actually broken now, uh, didn't score today against the Wanderers. So 10 games is now the record. Um, he's J Max also on uh, on course to break the all time A League goal scoring record this year. Um, but having said that, though, Paddy Kisnorbo has also left as well, which obviously he's been an integral part of, of Melbourne City over the last couple of seasons um, in the in the wake of Montbert leaving, um, and has really taken Melbourne City to to another level. So um, he's a big loss uh, for for Melbourne City, but I guess we'll have to see whether or not how much or how much of an influence he has. Um, not being there. Next, we've got Central Coast. I've bumped them up a couple of couple of places uh, this month. Uh, they're rolling along really well. Obviously, Kowal has left, uh, but Monty is doing a fantastic job at uh, at Central Coast. Um, in terms of their form at the moment, I think they've yeah they've won their last three. Um, they've won four of their last five. They're just they they look like the the second best team in in the league. Um. Jumping down into third, um, and then this is probably one of the biggest surprises, yeah. I think. And I'm not sure <laughs> if you guys are going to agree with me or not here, but um, this is probably this is this is a classic sort of power rankings uh, uh, positioning here because I put Brisbane Roar in third place, and whilst they might um, they were sixth last month, and on the table they're seventh. Um, and some people might say that they lost their last two games, and then they, they shouldn't be that high then. Um, but they they are doing. Very well. I think for seventh place with this squad, I think they are massively overachieving. And I think um, up until I think Wellington won um, this week, I think uh, the Raw were sixth or maybe even fifth. So um, I think that's also influenced me a little bit. But I think uh, Charlie Austin has left and I think that makes them better. Now that he's left, um, and also you had uh, Armiento, his breakthrough over the last uh, couple of weeks has been a real sort of shot in the arm for the club, and um, that's been uh, a real positive for the Raw. So, look, that that is they are very high, but then I think you look at some of the other clubs that are coming up in, in this next band, and look, feel free to anyone jump out and say who should be above Brisbane on this list. 
Perth Glory, Tommy. What about them? Two wins, Ooh. two draws, and a loss. Uh, you know, I know we're not counting the this round, but they they drew with Sydney, um, which I guess these days isn't that great an achievement. But um, they've been doing they've they've revitalised Tommy um, under the under the partial lighting of uh, Macedonia Park. <laughs> Look, I think that's that's a pretty decent shout. I mean, I, I've got Perth down in ninth place, uh, mm. which had them up one place from tenth from last month. And in uh, in in hindsight, I think you you make a pretty compelling case, you know, because um, Perth, like Brisbane, I, I thought they were going to be last and second last. Not wasn't sure what order, but I that, that's how I thought they were going to finish. I thought there was going to be a lot of daylight between them and uh, the whoever was in tenth spot, but. They're both massively overachieving, I think, and so yeah, I think I think Perth you could probably put above the Jets, maybe even above Adelaide, maybe at a, a bit of a stretch. But oh, um, Jets, I'd, Jets, I'd have near, near rock bottom, Tommy. I think what are they? Oh. Four four losses and a win. Um, they're just languishing. I mean, so, they got a, they got a point against the Woo today, um, which yeah, I think we're not counting for the purpose of these rankings, but um, doesn't fill me with confidence. Yeah, fair enough. So, um, so I put Brisbane in in third. I put the Wanderers in fourth. They they dropped down two places after a, quite an inconsistent last couple of weeks since the World Cup. Um, they beat Mac- uh, Macarthur four nil, uh, but then they went to Perth and and lost. So um, yeah, that would uh, that's hurt them quite a bit amongst some other pretty inconsistent results. And um, after going up. Uh, 1-0 against City today at home. Obviously, they weren't able to hold on to the win there. And um, so I think I think fourth is probably about right for, for the Wanderers. Whether or not Brisbane should be ahead of them or not, I'm not sure. You, you'll have to let us know, listeners, if you think uh, you, you disagree. Um, in fifth place, we've got MacArthur. I think they're just doing all right. don't think that's particularly high or low for them. Um, we've got Craig Noon and Davila. They're both coming back from, um, from injuries. And uh, I think... Um, I'm not sure if either of you or any of you disagree with MacArthur being in fifth spot, but that's where I put them. Tommy, I just wanted to ask you about Noon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm glad you've um, reminded me that he's coming back from injury because I'm thinking, what's what's he got to do to get more than three minutes on the pitch? Well, what's he got to like... do to get into my fantasy team? <laughs> oh, I mean, a Dropping lot. Price a lot, by two hundred thousand. So only the best for your fantasy team, Damo. You're on <laughs> absolute fire this week. You have to sell Goodwin for him, and that's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah, you could yeah, no, you could buy even. like four noons with one Goodwin sale, <laughs> <laughs> or you could buy eight Liel Lacroix. <laughs> um, in sixth spot, I've put uh, the Knicks. Uh, they're they're doing all right, but doing uh, okay. Look, I mean, come on. I mean, she's that's 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 a bit harsh there, Tommy. I mean, just doing okay. I mean, that's Ollie Sale's th- been like player of the player of the tournament in the past two games. Yeah. I mean, how look, how wet them. how wet does Ollie Sale oh, need to be oof. before he comes home? <laughs> and how Slick. wet does Zavada's hair have to be? Oh yeah, <laughs> for him to keep scoring goals. He's yeah, got I mean, to slick back to say if it was player very there, moist. If enough it was oil player... in his hair that the US might invade. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Yeah, that's good. Oh yikes! So uh, look, it sounds I'm I'm picking up a little bit of a groundswell that uh, people think that maybe Wellington should be above maybe Macarthur, um, but yeah, um, Wellington and is doing. Yeah. <laughs> Great to disagree there, um, but Wellington doing uh, traveling pretty well. Three three wins in their last five games, only one loss, also a draw in there as well. I mean, um, happy, so, yeah. we're happy to be you know at least in six above match fixing in seventh. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, they're, they're doing they're doing well, Ington. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> uh, in seventh, I've put Adelaide, and they're the second or equal equal greatest uh, droppers or um, uh, drop down in places this month. They dropped four places. Uh, one other team also dropped four places as well. Um, Adelaide have been pretty awful since uh, since they've come back from the, the World Cup break. Um, Goodwin, I think his first game back, he he, I think he scored in that, and uh, I think he scored that great free kick from memory. I think it was against Wellington. I can't remember. Correct me if yep. I'm wrong. Um, but uh, since then, Adelaide have put out a, a couple of pretty shocking performances that just have been really unlike them so far under uh, so far this season, and also under Carl Veed as well. So um, they dropped down a couple of places. Then we get into the Jets in eighth. Um, they're up one spot, which uh, I think, given uh, given the question that I'm about to throw to you all at the end of this section, um, probably might raise some eyebrows. But look, I think they only go up one spot because Sydney uh, will drop down a couple of spaces as well. So, yeah, it's not so much that they've been good. It's more that just other teams have been worse. Um Perth, they also uh, go up one spot. Um, and I think uh, we've already made our case that um, they probably should be higher than ninth. Um, one thing we haven't mentioned so far is that um, Adam Taggart, he's signed for Perth as well. I think that's a great get because they haven't looked particularly convincing um, up top. But having said that, though, um, they did, uh, they had uh, one of their key players, The who, who's the real fleet footed uh, number 10 who I think plays on the right? Oh, you mean um, David Williams? Uh, it's also <laughs> no, Kalifi, right? David Williams, and Taggart. I mean, rumor hey, has Khalifi. it that the ball, rumor has it that the ball was still going through the stadium and out the other side after that <laughs> late header. <laughs> Yikes! But uh, so so Khalifi, he's uh, he's been injured. Um, not sure how long he's going to be out for, but it doesn't look um, particularly promising for him. He's looked really good for for the Glory so far this season, and he's I think he's a big loss for them. So um, keep an eye out, I guess, for how the the Glory go in the next couple of weeks. Tommy, my boy Keegan, to- my boy Keegan Jelicic has uh, just been carrying them, Tommy. That's that's who we're really missing here. I'm surprised we haven't uh, mentioned him already. Yeah, I was, I was about to say you were gassing up um, Brisbane, essentially having an NPL team, and you've got them up in yeah, third. Yeah, why did we get Keegs? We've got, we got <laughs> Keegan Jelicic and uh, Luka Vanovic up yeah. front for, for Perth Glory, who are, I mean, look, that's a formidable NPL Queensland lineup. <laughs> but talking about the A-League, I'm not too sure. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, um. Alrighty, so uh, then in tenth spot we've got the Woo. Uh, they also jump up a couple of sp- uh, spots, but not necessarily because they've been good. Um, the Woo have what uh, two draws, um, a four nil or four one loss against City as well um, since the World Cup. So yeah, just as they look like they're about to turn a corner, <clears throat> then Lee Lacroix just turns out another absolute stinker. Either gets sent off or uh, cops an own goal or two own goals. Hey, but Man. they've got a documentary, Tommy. Okay, we can all just watch the documentary. <laughs> hey, and they've remember got, the good um... times. 
then uh, down eleven spot, we've got Sydney. Um, they're the equal biggest uh, losers um, this time around on the power rankings. They dropped four spaces. Just something weird and, and wrong is going on at Sydney at the moment. Can't quite put my finger on it. I know a lot of Sydney fans are really unhappy with Corica and think that he should should be getting the boot. Um, but uh, yeah, Sydney. Big, big losers this time around um, with them. I think they, they did have one win, but, I mean, this is such a talented squad. Like they, Tommy, they... go on, Colby. Sydney, we've been we've been telling everybody what's wrong with Sydney for seasons now, haven't we? This got a super unbalanced squad. Like, there's talent in there, but it's either too raw or too aged to really be too effective, um, particularly for the kind of football that Corica wants to play with them. Like, yeah, there's talent there, but... Yeah, there's just no, there's no one, there's no balance. Mm. Too, too undercooked or too overcooked. I mean, rare or well done. There's salmonella everywhere you look. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cooking analogies in this pod today. It must be, must <laughs> be good had, time. Yeah, have you guys eaten or? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I cooked some tacos up beforehand, so I'm, I'm good Ooh. to go. No, no cooking puns out of me tonight. Um, all right, and finally, uh, I mean, it, it'd be pretty hard to put anyone other than Melbourne Victory in last place. They're, they're playing pretty awful football. They don't look like scoring goals. Um, Their big money um, uh, marquee recruit, Nani, has done his ACL and won't play for the rest of the season. Um, their fans, are, um, the, the both uh, active ends of the stadium are banned. Um, just pretty much that can go, anything that can go wrong seems to be going wrong at Melbourne mm. Victory at the moment. Um even on the pitch, you, you would have thought that they would have been able to sort of um, look at the situation and say, okay, we, we're going to really respond on the pitch and show the fans that, like, they're, that they're still a football team to be proud of. And they, they Now, that's a talented squad, Tommy. Like, this yeah. is a talented squad underperforming. Like, uh, <laughs> front to back, they're, they're very, very decent. Like, yeah, they've had some injury problems, um, but, like, you can't say that's not a, a squad that should be pushing and, and challenging for the title even. I mean, we we all said it at the start of the season. Like, go back and go back and check the tapes, which I'm sure we will do at the end of the season. But this is a, <laughs> this is a solid squad. Pop is a solid manager. Something like this is just, I mean, a real head scratcher. Yeah, and I mean, even with what happened at the derby, like that, I don't think that accounts for everything that's happened. And I mean, even oh, they were even tanking they, before this. Yeah, exactly right. So, um, yeah, it's 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 pretty grim. Boys, I, I do want to throw out one question before we move on and talk a bit of Premier League, and that is, uh, so there's a bunch of really underperforming managers at the moment in the A-League. Um, you've got Corica, uh, Popovich, uh, Pappas, and Aloisi, and, and it's maybe you could throw in Veid in there. Maybe it's too soon to be sort of throwing Veid into the conversation. But um, at least those four that I mentioned up top, I don't think all of those four will end up uh, making it to the end of the season. Um, but I, I reckon maybe two of them might end up getting sacked sort of mid-season. Who do you think is going to be the first to go? Because, I mean, it feels like all four of those are just sort of any moment they could get sacked. Got to be Corica, hasn't it? I think I think um, Aloisi's still got the, the championship glow. Um, Papas, I think Newcastle are pretty invested in him. I mean, financially and emotionally, um, and he's he's a great manager. I think they're they. I mean, Newy fans, correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem pretty happy with the kind of football that he's playing. Um, and and uh, who was the other one? Popper. Popper. I mean, Popper's oh. re- mm. relatively new in terms of his job. Mm. And look, there's 
He's probably given a bit of leeway because of everything that has gone on at Melbourne Victory externally that they said, you know what, there's, there's you know, a little bit of leeway there. If, if everything was going well and performances were this poor, you would imagine he'd be first to go. But mm. everything is going well at Sydney FC and their performances are just as bad, if not worse. So surely it's mm. got to be Corica. Yep. Yeah, I, I think... Um, his his, his, his tenant, tenancy has run its course. He's been there, what, four years, five years now? But from memory, Something didn't like they that? renew his contract at the end of last year? I think he's on a new contract, isn't he? Semi-recent, yeah. Which yeah, I, I, I mean, think, what, what are contracts, what are long-term contracts in football? Hmm. Meaningless, not worth the papers they're written on. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I guess the I feel like it's not so much the on-field performances that's actually keeping a lot of these guys in their job. It's other other matters or other mm. other factors. So, for example, yep. Melbourne Victory they probably can't afford to pay out Popovich's contract after the like their their financials got um, released. I think recently they're they're five million dollars in the in the the red. Um, they got a five hundred thousand dollar fine as well. So they probably can't afford to to pay out Popovich and get another guy in to replace him and replace Nani as a as a marquee as well. So that's a lot of money, like that we're talking about those three things. Um, Aloisi, it seems like he's probably the one that's sort of holding on with the the loosest grip, I would say, because um, it seems to be only the fact that sort of he won the won the title last year um, that's sort of keeping him there. But uh, was that his first or second year year there? Is this yeah, this is, that was only his first year there, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like it's not like he's been at the club for a long time. It's not like he has sort of like a, a super strong sort of connection to the club. But, I mean, they're also a club that I don't think is doing super well financially as well. So, um, I mean, who is? Yeah, yeah show me an A-League club that's doing well. <laughs> well and, yeah, Melbourne true. City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not out and, of their own doing. Yeah. yeah. And Puppers, I guess, like, I think Newcastle's still owned by the APL as well. So, well, that's all all a bit grim as well. So, Well, I mean, they got like a fair anyone's... bit of cash, a bit of liquid yeah. to pay him out. So, <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't seem like anyone's actually in a position to sack anyone, even though they probably will want to sack all of those four managers. So it's a really, really bizarre situation. All right, boys, uh, let's talk uh, some Premier League, though. So, um, talking Premier League power rankings now. Uh, last night, obviously, we had the uh, the Manchester derby, second only to the Melbourne derby in in global significance. Um, <laughs> but two two obviously massive clubs, both of them in in good form at the moment as well. Um, but it's neither of those two teams that we're talking about on the top of uh, MTAG's any power rankings this week. Um, Arsenal still, still, still sit top. Um, I've still got them in first despite um, Gabby Jesus' injury. Um, even with uh, uh, with him out, Arsenal still seem to be able to do the business and um, have had a really good uh, return back to the Prem after the World Cup Um uh, ended so uh, Arsenal retained top spot. Manchester United though, um, with Cristiano Ronaldo leaving, I've bumped them up to second place, and I, I had them there even before the the derby result last night as well. So, boys, I don't know if you think I've gone too soon um, on on the the United chat there, um, but should should United be above City? Uh, is that about right or? Yeah, they should. Cool. They won the last five, and, yeah. and City should arguably falling a bit more. They've lost the derby. They 
bumped out of the EFL Cup to Southampton. They drew with Everton. And back in November, there was that loss to Brentford as well. They've gone off the ball for me. Yeah, and look, our power rankings are specifically for the last month of football. And, I mean, Manchester United probably have been the most exciting team to watch. I think you could even argue that they could be above Arsenal in this sort of power ranking on the last months of football alone. Ooh. Arsenal have been scraping their way through games and Manchester United have really been doing it in style. So, yeah, um, yeah in my opinion, Manchester United have been the best team to watch in the Premier League over the last month since the World Cup's been finished. So Arsenal have only dropped points against Newcastle um, so far since the the return from the World Cup, and I mean Newcastle are a good team. They're on fourth and the on fourth place on the table, but um, they still sit uh, five points clear of City in second place. Um, Could be got eight a game tonight in hand as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, look, in, interesting point, but. Um, yeah, so you guys, uh, I've put City in third place, um, and I had them there before the Derby result last night. I, I was happy to keep them there after the Derby result because, I mean, they haven't been super convincing, um, but I still think that they're they're in a better position than the Newcastle are. Um, and I mean, arguably, it's sort of that next group of next group of teams. Um, you know, after that, that really could be the only ones that really sort of push um, City or Newcastle out of those third and fourth um, places. Is there anyone for for you guys who you think could actually push uh, City or Newcastle out of that third spot in in the power rankings? There's a couple of really informed teams there, um, sort of in that fifth through to all uh, seventh seventh spot in the power rankings. Yeah, look for for me. If you look at the way teams are getting points and the way they're playing football, I think Tottenham are probably the only one in that probably top 10 that I would look at and go, yeah, they're a top four team right now. Um, but that, that's just a lot. If, if you take away their last two games where they were absolutely horrible, uh, before that, Tottenham have been pretty consistently being able to get the job done. Um uh, in a very Spursy way, of course, you know they're not going to win anything, but they'll they'll scrape their way through to a top four somehow. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for Colby and Jesse Liverpool, who Tommy we've got here in eighth. Um, the 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 note here says that the title challenge is over. I think it's almost becoming a bit of a it's a desperation battle for a top four challenge now is um, more than a title challenge. And, and that's become the reality for Liverpool, which is, is now looking like a very difficult um, task to, to sort of achieve. I'm surprised we're even in the top 10 here. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And, and look, I guess that Liverpool are benefiting a little bit from me having uh, done these before last night's results and performances. So, so maybe if I had done these uh, either today or, or tomorrow, things might be a little bit different, but, but boys, we have, we have uh, missed out three, three big teams that well might big. It's probably maybe debatable whether or not they're <laughs> but for our, in terms of our power rankings, they're big teams. It's a full ham. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a bright one as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, Fulham, Brighton and Brentford are absolutely flying at the moment. And Hove Albion. Um, yeah, yeah, two clubs. Come on, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Brighton, uh, sorry, Fulham, I, I've put them in fifth spot at the moment. And arguably, 
in 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 hindsight, I kind of wish that I had to push them a little bit higher. I mean, they're probably I think the um, them and Brighton are really candidates for jumping above uh, either City or Newcastle at the moment. And remember, this is this is power rankings. It's it's subjective rather than objective. And but but Fulham are just absolutely flying. I mean, even um, even their most recent result um, that Fulham had, which was uh, who was that against? I think it was Leeds. Um, yeah, sorry, no. This was against Chelsea. This was Friday morning against oh, Chelsea, right. and uh, Fulham beat Chelsea uh, even without Mitrovic. It was uh, Carlos Vinicius that ended up getting uh, one of the goals there. So um, it, it's a real squad um, squad performance that they're turning out. So Fulham, I think, William probably, with the goal as yeah. well against against Chelsea was uh, didn't just the narrative was... you needed to see. That was kind of nice, I thought. But, um, yeah, former, surprisingly, um, former, probably pretty decent candidate to be even higher than what they are in than, than fifth. Um, Brighton as well, absolutely flying at the moment. Massive result last night for them uh, against Liverpool. Um, I, I probably should just sort of pass over to, to Colby and, and Jesse for you guys to to provide some insight into into how that went or are you just not I think interested? We, or? I think we had about... And- Thirty something percent possession. I mean, that t- t- says everything you need to know. We the crowd got... were doing all A's and 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 yeah, we got <laughs> we on. got passed into um, oblivion, and they're just yeah, they're red hot, and we're obviously awful at the moment. But I just wanted to isolate the those three teams that we were talking about. One thing they have in common is they've all been very brave. Um, we just talked about the possession stats for Brighton, but. All of them, whether they're playing counterattack or they're just refusing to sort of play for a draw, um, it's so refreshing because we talked in the pod a few years ago about these teams that were coming up every year, like Burnley, and um, I know Burnley's different now, but back then, Huddersfield, Burnley, and, and they just they had no interest in playing football, but just to play for a draw. Um, Norwich and some of these, still haven't changed. Yeah, <laughs> but some of these teams that are there that we're talking about, I mean, I think the the pleasing thing is that they're not shit housing their way to that position. They're they're playing football and, and Brighton played better football last night than Liverpool did by a mile. So they're doing it in style. And that's why I think there's a lot more merit to these guys in the power rankings. How, what about Welbeck's goal though? Come on. Um, well, eh? <laughs> Wowie. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, yeah, an, an interesting uh, statistic, which came off the back of the Brighton Liverpool game. Go on off uh, today, mate. And you, you, you were talking, you were talking about possession stats and, we, we often see the, the big teams, right, have lots of possession, um, play the ball, lots of passes, short passes. Liverpool actually have the highest percentage of long balls in the Premier League this season. Um, and long ball, I think, means over 45 metres or something. So Ooh. essentially where they go straight over the midfield, um, I think Liverpool have something like 62 or 63% of attacks are long balls at the moment, um, which is – a pretty telling statistic that um, either you don't have the personnel in midfield or the personnel in midfield aren't trusted or Jurgen Klopp's just hit a bit of a hurdle where he doesn't really know how to play with the players he's got at the moment. It's, it sounds like um, the the real villain here, sort of Scooby-Doo style, is is like Klopp's going to pull off the the, oh. the the Klopp mask and it's actually and Sean, it's Sean Dyke. Dyke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 I knew it was you all along. If it wasn't for Brighton, (laughs) wasn't for those pesky promoted teams, (laughs) it wasn't for Welbeck. (laughs) Well, eh? (laughs) (laughs) 
so um in seventh spot we've got uh brentford uh they also have just been absolutely flying as well just buzzing around uh, being side note menacing. how is ivan tony still playing football in the premier league mm. i have him Wait, in my, when, in when my draft get banned? <laughs> i have him in my draft fantasy team and i just keep playing him thinking oh well if he doesn't play he'll just get auto subbed out and he keeps scoring as well <laughs> just don't know what's got, going on he's, the, he's there against the odds it's a real gamble having him there. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, God. oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, look, Brentford just absolutely flying. Um, uh, I don't think anyone would have expected they would have been going this well. They're just, I guess, hoping hoping they can get the most out of uh, um, out of Ivan Tony before sort of the inevitable um, suspension that's coming. Probably, um, I mean, any day, surely they should they should cash out. <laughs> The Premier League offers a 12th place cash out. Brentford, are you taking it? (laughs) In Um, eighth spot, we've got Liverpool. But, I mean, boys, it sounds like uh, I've been very, very generous by putting Liverpool at eighth. Um, Fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're tanking at the moment. Okay. Okay. there's a there's probably one team who I think probably are a little bit unlucky, I guess, then not to be above Liverpool. Um, it's not Spurs who I put in ninth. Um, despite what Damo was saying before, I think Spurs have been awful so far since the World Cup. And I mean, Conte just wants more money, but I mean, we know that Levy's not going to give him more money, so it's just a bit a bit weird and a bit awkward. Um, they've been linked with Trossard from Brighton, who apparently has had a bust up with. Um, De Zerbi, which is which is weird because I mean Trossard's been one of Brighton's best players this season, so yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, not not really sure sort of where to put Spurs because they've been they've been pretty Spursy since um, since the World Cup. I think they've only won one league game, they've lost one, draw one, and just they're coming into North London derby and don't look like beating Arsenal. At least uh, in my Tommy, I, re- I reckon you could have. Um... Forest sneaking into this top ten somehow, whether Villa or Ooh. Spurs drop out. They've um they've they've won three of the last five, drawn one. Um, yeah. So so Aston Villa, I think they're the they're the big one that probably should jump up um, above at least either Liverpool or Spurs. Aston Villa um, again got another win overnight. Um, uh, actually, sorry, I think it was Saturday morning that they played um, played against Leeds. I think from memory. Um, and so yeah, they they are just. Unai Emery is is just working wonders there at Villa, um, but yeah, looking like uh, Liverpool and Spurs should be dropping down, which takes us or rounds out that that top ten. Emery's doing a great job with the Lions, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really triggered by that. That was it. So Optus Sport on like one of their pop ups said they were calling Villa the Lions, and I was like, I know they have a lion on their on their their crest, but I don't think I've heard anyone ever refer to them as the Lions before. I mean, checked Wikipedia, and apparently their nickname is the Lions. But I mean, I'm still pretty skeptical. Lions well, the person who the person at Optus Sport who called them the Lions just checked Wikipedia too. <laughs> That's how yeah. these things yeah. happen. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Or edited it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, that brings us down to the second half of our Premier League power rankings. So we've got uh, the team that I think it was Colby just mentioned just now. Um, Forest up into eleventh. They're five places up. Uh, I think that makes them the the biggest risers so far this month. Um, just from a team that 
we were discussing before about like uh, Garen Qual, who who felt like a ring in. You had a whole squad of ring ins at the beginning of the season at Forest, and for them to be starting to sort of turn things around and, and looking sort of looking far more like they deserve to be in the Premier League than what they did in those first couple of weeks. Um, they're, they're sitting very well um, at the moment and are beating teams that they would hope to be beating. And that's really all you can kind of do for um, when you're a newly promoted side. So they're up in 11th for me. I'm pretty sure um, when we did the pod last time, we were all sitting around here laughing, laughing at each other that Steve Cooper managed to get a new contract. Um, <laughs> looks like Forrest are the ones laughing at us now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And like they're they're what they're thirteenth, so like they're it's not like they're flying. Like they're not up there with like Fulham and Brighton and Brentford, but they're, yeah, they're there's very only five clear points between thirteenth and releg- and Southampton. So it's exactly. uh, quite a tight table. Very tight table at the moment. Um, which like if you look at the the next team, who probably are a little bit lucky, I think to to be in this position um, in twelfth. Um, I put Leeds in twelfth. Damo, you more, might have a, a suggestion for, or maybe an argument for why they shouldn't be in twelfth. I think Damo would say they need to be higher. Is that right, Damo? Yeah, yeah you I'll, love look, Leeds, I'll, team, Damo. I've, I've never got any comment on Leeds. You guys know that. I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave the Leeds comments to you guys. <laughs> look, now that Bielsa's is gone, I don't really have much beef with Leeds. Oh, <laughs> not. <Sorry. laughs> Does not have a beef with them, not. Um, but yeah, look, Leeds uh, not in great form. Lost to Villa on uh, Saturday morning. Um, drew with Cardiff in the FA Cup. Drew with Leeds. Drew with Newcastle. Um, lost to City. Um, and yeah, so like they've had a couple of draws, um, but otherwise, are kind of just treading water a little bit in in a, a bit of a strange sort of zone in the the table at the moment. They're they're what they're fourteenth. Haven't won a game in five, but they just sort they've of won just two kept... of their last fifteen games in the league. Yeah, that's pretty grim. I mean, it says um, a lot about this table, though, Tommy. That basically Wolves can never win, and they can bypass Everton, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Leicester City, Crystal Palace, and Leeds, probably into twelfth. <laughs> yeah, like the second part of this table is just some appalling form. Yeah, most I mean, exciting Liverpool, relegation battle in a long time. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like Liverpool, <laughs> well, like you know, Liverpool could like drop down to this um, mix because you've got Chelsea in there as well, who are in a similar form line at the moment. But geez, those teams in there are struggling. All of well, them. and uh, and Crystal Palace and like Crystal Palace had back to back games against. Uh, it was against two newly promoted sides. I can't remember which one, which which two they were. Um, I think it was. Bournemouth and Fulham, and they didn't get a shot on target in either game. Which, if they had, I think, if they had gone the third game without a shot on target, would have been like a new record or something like that. Which, like that, that's that's awful to not even get a shot on target in one match, let alone two in a row. Which I just can't imagine how grim that would be, watching that as a fan or participating in that as a player. Just awful. Um, Crystal Palace in every, uh, by by coincidence were I've got them in thirteenth, which feels very very um, very very fortunate for them. Um, like I was saying, two games consecutively without a shot on target. Um, they're probably a bit lucky to be in thirteenth because the teams that are below them have just been awful to date, um, with maybe one exception. Uh, Leicester City were looking good before Christmas, but have just totally regressed back to sort of their their early on in the season form. Just look like out of trash again. Um, not, I think they're they're back to being rooted back to the uh, the uh, they're in, back in the relegation zone. Or sorry, no, they're 
So two points clear of the relegation zone, but they've lost their last four games. Just everything looks really grim there. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they do slip back into the into the relegation um, places in the next couple well, of weeks. Brendan Rogers is surely the well, it's either him or Lampard who's the first manager, the next manager to go, rather. Um, let's let's have the this problem discussion. Is, is now. Who, who is there? Because I, I was going to discuss this at the end of the pod because I think I think there's two other candidates um, for who could be um, who could be sacked uh, first, and that's uh, Potter, uh, Klopp, Moyes, Lampard, and Rogers. They're the they're the five that I think are very close to uh, to getting sacked. And even I can see Tommy no. Fitzgerald in the comments is saying as well that uh, the Jesse Marsh, he seems to be on borrowed time as well. I remember seeing some commentary about that over the weekend as well. So um, Jesse Marsh. Jesse Marsh. Boys, we know that we know that Klopp's already been replaced at, at Liverpool by Sean Dyche, but um, <laughs> is there anyone else who you think should be replaced uh, or who it's basically inevitable that in the next couple of weeks they're going to be replaced? Um, there's those five names that are out of the Klopp, Potter, Moyes, look, Lampard. Look, out of, out of that list, Tommy, I think I'm ruling Klopp out of that purely out of... Um, I, just don't think Liv- I, just, I just don't think Liverpool can do that. Uh, no, and unless it gets to you know Liverpool are thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth in the league, that's, that's just, just it's just it. not going to happen, right? Mm. Um, th- that's how I see it anyway. But yeah, it, I, to add anyone else to that list, oh, Vieira has hasn't really done much recently. Um, he's looked. It, Conte could potentially be on that list because. He's refusing to sign a new contract unless he's given what he's want. And knowing Spurs and Daniel Levy, they're not going to just let him run the course of his contract. They'll just say, you know, go now. We'll get rid of you and we'll we'll fix it now. So uh, you can you can probably include him in that conversation just purely out of the fact of contract negotiations breaking down. You didn't mention Nathan Jones, but he literally was on course to potentially get a really early second before his win against City in the Cup. So... He's kind of redeemed himself in one game. Well, he's probably well, been on the uh, the the golf course with uh, Ward Prowse on, on course, um, and uh, you know they, they're up Bale. to par now. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd love this. I, I want the Netflix documentary of Gareth Bale, uh, Ward Prowse, and Luke Bratton, where they just go golfing <laughs> and like have beers and talk shit. Look, we're talking about Ward Prowse's golf, but um, his celebrations from his goals this morning—I don't know if you saw them. So the first mm. one was a full yeah. golf swing. The second and the next one, one was, was a putt. putt. A cheeky putt. <laughs> like the free, the free kick was just a putt home. Easy as you like. Well, Pickford it seemed like, move, so it looked pretty bloody easy. Well, it's because he like chipped it over the defender. The defender was rushing back from the wall back to the goal line. And I think it was Pickford just looked at the guy like, like what are you doing? Are you, are you going to stop that or what? Like, that's what you're running there to do. And yeah, I mean, Pickford, Pickford's Pickford, right? Like, he's just a weird dude, so even... Uh, even at the best of times, and then yeah, does stuff like that. So anyway, I think the thing with um, Lampard is that it feels like a bit of a, a lightning rod thing. Where if they sack him, I don't think the fans are like particularly in love with Lampard, but it's like the the fans hate the chair, um, the board, yeah. and they and yeah. so if the board sack the next manager, then it's just gonna like it just feels like a can of worms waiting to open. Where they'll just be like, "Well, why don't you guys leave? You're the one that screwed up our club." I mean, someone had to sign last night that was like, "You've killed our club" or something like mm-hmm. that. So get Moisey back. 
Yeah, well, I mean that's wow. it could it, that could happen. Like that literally could happen. It could just be a swap I, between. You know, group. we're talking about managers getting sacked and who gets sacked, but for, for these Premier League clubs that are in the bottom half of the league, if they're sacking a manager, realistically, who is there to hire that's any better? You're looking at a a pool of managers that are either championship managers or they're coming from, they're not high profile managers that these clubs would want to get themselves further up in the premier league. Big Ange. Uh, there's just really not a market for, for managers at the moment. I don't think. Big Ange. Was a yeah, rumor, exactly. There was a rumor that Ange was going to West Ham. I don't know where that came from, but. Well, Ange has been rumored um, with every bottom half Premier League club that looks like they want to sack their manager from Leicester to Everton to West Ham. Ange should go to Leicester, I think. My pick because they've they've, they've been a little bit, um, they've sort of become a bit stagnant, but they've got a great training ground and really good facilities on the back of their Premier League win. And um, if Rogers leaves and someone comes along and they're willing to be a bit patient with that guy, I think I think Leicester City would be the right fit for him. Well, and, and Leicester have clearly got the track record of uh, going to Scotland to find a manager. I mean, they, from they picked Brendan Rogers from Celtic as well. Mm. So, um, but it also could make the the fans feel a little bit nervous that hey, the last guy we picked from Celtic wasn't good enough. Celtic isn't really <laughs> the standard. Uh, maybe Ange isn't the man. But Ange Ange thrives off that kind of sentiment when he comes into a job. It's just only if he can come into a Premier League club and, and turn everything around like he's turned around everywhere else. It's the biggest ask in the world is to turn a bottom half Premier League club around into something better. So, yeah, there you have it. But um, down in um, down in 15th spot, we've got, uh, we've got Chelsea. Um, they hold their ground in 15th spot. They were 15th last month, and I thought that was going to be really harsh and they would rebound back with some good results, but they've just had a bunch more shocking results. They've had two two draws, sorry, two losses and a draw, um, and just things just remain grim at Chelsea. Really horrible um, situation there for them uh, at the moment. Uh, Bournemouth got them in 16th. They've had four games since the World Cup, four losses, uh, also in pretty pretty average uh, situation at the moment. But look, one of the biggest movers in the bottom uh, half of our power rankings is Wolves. Um, they've got seven points from uh, from four games, um, absolutely shot up the table. Um, and Julian Lopetegui seems to be getting a real tune out of a bunch of players there now. They're not, um, they're not significantly improved, but at least their results have been improved, which, I mean, ultimately, you don't need to be well, the best team. Well, they've had a great... They've had a great transfer market so far, haven't they? In January, yeah, yeah. Matus Cunha, he's he's a um, a pretty good pickup. He um, looked pretty lively last night, and I mean, Wolves' problem has been for the last two years or three years is that no one other than Jimenez can score goals. So um, he he looked pretty decent last night and looked like he could lead the line for them, um, maybe to replace um, Jimenez. But we've been starved of that. uh, tra- uh, trance heavy heavy trance song that comes on every time Wolf scores a goal. Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you feel like it, boys, make sure you go back and uh, watch the highlights this morning. And when Pedence kicks it in, uh, just wait for the track to kick in afterwards. Oh mate, I was I was not it's having a, a good time. I was not having a good time uh, mm. watching Wolves at at two a.m. this morning. That was not fun. Did not yeah. enjoy that one. <laughs> right. Um, 
in 18 spot, we've got Everton. Um, they got a point against City, uh, but otherwise have just rolled out a bunch of really, really shocking performances. Lost uh, to rock bottom Southampton overnight, which like that that's a sign that, that things are really grim um, at the at moment. At home as well, at home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's between Lampard and West Ham's David Moyes as to who's going to be the next manager sacked. Um, Moyes as well, I guess, seems to be sort of uh, riding. He's sort of got the the Aloisi halo a little bit at the moment. Obviously, had a great couple of last um, last couple of years with West Ham. Has got some great results, uh, some memorable um, European nights as well. But yeah, all is not well at West Ham either. They're in nineteenth. Um, I actually think Moyes. I actually think Moyes might have been sacked recently, if not for um, the minority owner of the club, David Gold. Um, uh, he One died. of the Dildo brothers. Yeah, exactly. Rest, rest in peace. Sort of leave your dildos out. Um, <laughs> uh, David Gold. He he passed away about a week ago. Uh, it was just on the eve of the Leeds game, from memory. Um, and I, I thought that he might have got sacked if they didn't beat Leeds, but then. You know, like one of the owners passed away, and it seemed like maybe the the decision making process might have been sort of short circuited a little bit, and maybe they weren't weren't able to to do maybe what they otherwise might have. Um, then in last spot we got Southampton, uh, Jesse's favourite team. I was just going to say, uh, <laughs> Tommy with the Dildo brothers um, in a bit of trouble. Who's going to rubber stamp the um, the paper, paperwork from now on? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Sorry, I, didn't, I, I didn't peg you for a, a dildo uh, humor enthusiast. <laughs> oh. Oh, wow! Oh. On that note, yeah, uh, Southampton. Yeah, I think I'll. I think I'll just finish there. Well, um, Southampton, um, Southampton, Tommy have been as any any listener of the MTAG pod over the years knows that. I've been waiting for these guys to go down the drain. And um, this is quite a historic moment because aside from their win last night and the win before that in the cup, this could be potentially the closest time I've seen them go down the drain, that they are literally on the edge of the drain and about to get washed down, yet they're hanging on as they always do. Um, they're that little are- piece of hair <laughs> that just won't, that won't go down, won't go away. <laughs> the, the bed trimmer. The bed trimmings are holding them up at the moment. Um, so... So, so Southampton in the next couple of games, they they play Aston Villa next week. Then midweek, the following week, they play Newcastle in the in the League Cup fi- uh, semi final, which I didn't realise that they were in the League Cup semi final. So, yep. yeah, look, a couple of extra games, which are probably aren't ideal. But then they've got a they've got a really interesting run. They played Brentford, Wolves, Chelsea, Leeds, and Leicester, um, which they're all very winnable games. And I mean. We, we could see Southampton sort of uh, take a big step away from the drain, which uh, I know Jesse would be very excited about. Uh, Chelsea, uh, sorry, Southampton getting getting a couple of couple of solid results and stepping away from the relegation zone. Yeah, I love that for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gift that keeps on giving. All right, boys, uh, we do have one final thing before we uh, wrap up the pod, and that's to announce uh, an FPL prize. So uh, we do have a prize to give away for December. Uh, December was a shorter month. There was only two game weeks, uh, but we've still got a prize to give away. Uh, the 
the winner of this month's prize, he uh, he scored 171 points, which is is Oof. not a huge total, but for only two game weeks, that's uh, that's pretty solid. Um, Actually, that's not that good. <laughs> he was he was just three points ahead of second place, um, so it was very very close. Um, but Mark Skelton, he takes out this month's prize. An interesting fact about Mark Skelton, I actually don't think he's a listener of the pod. In fact, I don't think he even follows us on social media. Um, he is the friend of someone who does, though. So um, if you're Mark Skelton's <laughs> mate, make sure you let him know that he's won a prize. So um, we'll, we'll get in touch with, I think it's uh, Toppy. Toppy is, uh, it's it's Mark Skelton's mate. So um yeah, Mark sure, Skelton's yeah. mate should just get Mark Skelton to listen to the pod. I mean, plot twist, <laughs> Mark Skelton was the gig we were Tommy. <laughs> was it? <laughs> uh, look, congratulations, overall... Though. Congratulations, what are you for that? Yeah, well done, Mark. Um, overall, uh, Mike Woods, Kyogo, uh, Betweens remains the overall leader, a solid 60 points clear of second place. Um, which that's that's quite a gap, and it's going to take some some Big catching gap. up to catch Mike Wood. Um, but what everyone really wants to know about that's uh, how uh, the the four of us are going. Um, Damo is fourth overall in the M tag um, uh, M tag league. He's absolutely flying. I'm 26. Colby is 46th. Uh, Mikey Mifsud, he's 51st. Uh, George is 61st. Um, Damo is uh, so Damo, despite being fourth, he's seventy-one points behind Mike Wood. So, pretty big gap there. But um, obviously, anything can happen, and there's still a lot of football to be played over the remainder of the season. Um, while we're on the topic of uh, of FPL, though, I, I did want to have a, a very brief shout out for how we're going in in A League fantasy because, I mean, I wouldn't otherwise mention this, but. Uh, We've got a few people that are absolutely flying. Um, Colby, he's in 162nd overall. Um, that's out of I think there's about 13 and a half thousand people that are that are playing um, A League fantasy. It. So yeah, Colby is absolutely destroying it at the, at the moment. Um, I'm 513th. Um, Damo's 521st, but Damo Ooh. absolutely blew up this week, so I wouldn't be surprised. Damo's going to shoot up. Yep. <laughs> the um, league table. Yes. <laughs> I, I hope you meant in um, in height because I've been waiting for that my whole life. <laughs> not not the heroin when we wanted, but the heroin when we were talking. Fantastic. Um, Jesse's also doing really well. He's within the the top one thousand, which I mean that makes him at least in the top ten percent. Or thereabouts. Um, Shannon and Mikey, they're struggling a little bit. Shannon's uh, $3,800 Shannon, Well, he said he wasn't going to check his team. Shannon, Shannon did say on day one he's going to set his team and forget. So, yep. uh, you know, respect. <laughs> respect. <laughs> and uh, and Mikey, actually, I think I might have these two around the wrong way. I can't, can't remember, but I'm not sure if I trust my notes. But um, uh, Shannon's uh, 3,800 and Mikey's around the 10,000 mark, which when, you, when you're into the 10,000s in A-League Fantasy, you're definitely amongst people that set their team first week and then just have forgotten about it or not done anything with it. So, um, yeah. 
But look, that that wraps up the pod for for this week. Um, we really enjoyed getting together with uh, with the listeners, uh, talking a little bit of Australian football, a little bit of Premier League as well. Um, and we'll be back in around a month's time again to to talk a little bit more again and revisit our um, power rankings and to talk um, FPL prizes as well once again. Um, but until then, enjoy the football. See ya. See ya.